The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Western Canada some 40 years ago. It's late afternoon and Sergeant Michael Flanagan of the Northwest Mounted Police carries a half-conscious man to the kitchen door of a ranch house. Open up. Open up or I'll drop him on the porch. John! My uncle isn't home. He's... <gasps> oh! Hello? Is he... Is he dead? Smell him. Oh, like a brewery. I think he was trying to be one. Why have you brought him here? Don't you want him? I certainly do not. Now, thank you to get him out of here right now. I don't think your uncle would like that. Where is he? He's out looking for Mr. Hawkins, the cook. Well, this just happens to be Mr. Hawkins, yeah, well, the cook. Oh. You haven't been here very long, have you? No. I just arrived today from Boston. That's in Massachusetts. Thank you. And your name is Catherine Mary O'Fallon. Your uncle told me he was expecting you. I'm Sergeant Mike Slanningham. Well, Shut up, sleep. Danny. Shut up, will you? Miss O'Fallon, do you happen to have any coffee ready? Right here on the stove. Mm. I'm afraid Danny's in no condition to get supper tonight. Can you cook? Of course I can cook. You made this coffee? What's wrong with it? Oh, nothing at all, Miss O'Fallon. Only now I know why they prefer tea in Boston. <laughs> I think maybe sleep is what Danny really needs. I'll give you a hand as soon as I get him in bed. Oh, you will, will you? On second thought, don't touch a thing, Miss O'Fallon. I'll fix it myself. <laughs> Sorry, I missed you last night, Michael. My niece tells me you helped fix that good dinner I had. Oh, I guess I helped a little. The cook all right? <laughs> Full of remorse and bacon soda. <laughs> kind of uh, early for you to be around, isn't it? Oh, no, no. I just thought I'd say hello to Miss O'Fallon. That is, if she'll speak to me. Well, now, the last I saw her, she was getting one of the hands to saddle a horse. Can she ride? Well, there she goes across the pasture. Oh, no. What's she doing to that horse? What's that horse doing to her? Uh, be a good lad, Mike. Prevent a calamity. Uh, Kathy, slow down, girl. Slow down. John had asked me to prevent a calamity. I suppose I did as far as Kathy's riding was concerned. In a few weeks, she became quite an expert rider. But then another kind of calamity threatened. I began to fall in love with her. I struggled against it as best I could, but I was doomed from the start. So you like being a mounted policeman, do you? You like bossing people around. Oh, we don't do much bossing, Kathy. It's a good life. But all those rules and regulations. What's wrong with rules and regulations? Well, I happened to hear a certain person say the other day that a Mountie had to be a member of the force for five years before he could get married. Well? Oh, but that's so silly. Well, there's a reason for it. After five years, a Mountie knows what kind of life he's asking a woman to share. Well, I think that's terribly unfair. Um, uh, how long have you been in the force, Mike? About six and a half years. 
Oh, that long? Well, I guess the men who wrote those regulations really do know best. Mm. I hope so. What did you mean before? The, uh, the kind of life? Some of our posts up north, they're uh, pretty remote. Oh. And they do have snow where you're going, don't they? Oh, we have snow, yes. It's probably just like Boston in the winter. Well, no, no, Kathy. No, not quite. I, I've lived in places where my closest neighbor was two weeks away by dog team. It uh, gets bitter cold up north. Do you know something, Mike? I never catch cold in the winter. Hmm. Really? Never. Sometimes the Mountie goes on patrol for weeks and weeks. Ah, if you really love a person, you're never alone. Kathy. Kathy, I... Oh, yes, Mike. I, uh... uh, Well, if we're going to get to that dance, I'd better take you back to your Uncle John. Yes, Mike. Hmm. Sit down, Mike. Sit down. So, uh, you're uh, taking her to a dance, are you now? Well, I thought a barn dance would be something new for her. It's getting cold out, Mike. I guess you'll be heading for the territory any time now? That's right. Oh, it's a tough life, Mike. I like it. Well, it may be all right for a man, but I never could see how anyone could take a woman up there. John, all I'm doing is taking Kathy to a dance at McGregor's place. Especially a woman who's reared in the city. Why, she would... There's no snow at McGregor's, and it's only ten miles south, not north. Oh, then you're not figuring on asking Kathy to do... Not this man, John. Much as I'd like to. Oh, well, now, let me go hitch up the buckboard for you. Uh, Kathy, that policeman's here. Mike. Yes? Back at the house when you and Uncle John were talking. Oh, just how much did you hear? Not enough, I'm afraid. That's good. What did you mean, as much as you'd like to? I, uh, I didn't mean a thing. Oh. Well, don't you think it depends on a woman? Well, don't you? Well, if you've done a good job of eavesdropping... You'd have heard me tell your uncle that I wasn't taking any woman farther than McGregor's ranch. That as far as you're going? That's as far as I go. Oh. Then why can't we go there a little faster? Come on, boy. Get it up there. Yep, yep. Kathy. Coming, Mike. Good night, Mr. Pitt. Good night. And you danced the polka beautifully. Hmm. Sure you've said good night to everyone? Oh, I'm sure I did. I had no idea there were so many nice young men in this neighborhood. Oh, well, we'd better hurry. It's going to rain. It was the nicest dance I've ever been to. I'm glad you liked it. Didn't you have a nice time? We have a very strange custom up here, Kathy. A man usually gets to dance with a girl he brings. Why, Sergeant Mike, did you really want to dance with me? Only because it's the custom. <laughs> What's the custom up here when it starts to rain? Hmm? Oh, oh, here. you better get under the slicker. <laughs> Did I say something funny? Oh, my. Hmm? Oh. <laughs> Why, Uncle John? Isn't it a little late for you to be up? Late? Why, it's only about 2.30 in the morning. Where's Mike? Oh, he's seen to the horse. Well, he'd better stay in the bunkhouse. It's a bad night. Oh, no, Uncle John. It's a beautiful night. Well, look at you. You're drenched. I am. I hadn't noticed. I'll fix a nice warm foot bath for you. You're getting feverish. Uncle John. Yes? Have you ever noticed his eyes? Whose eyes? Mike's. Mike? Well, what's the matter with them? They're so blue you could almost swim in them. I thought I told you to get into some dry clothes. I was just saying goodnight to my uncle. Any objections? Yes. You can say goodnight in the morning. Yes, Mike. Of course. Whatever you say. Well, you have fun at the dance? No, it was all right. You uh, better stay in the bunkhouse tonight. Thanks. Well, come in the kitchen help me fix your foot bath. Snowed today in Edmonton. Huh? Who told you? Uh, Hanson came down to pick up his wife. He's taking her back with him. Poor girl. That's no place for a woman. 
That depends on the woman. John, if How's I... the kettle, Mike? Full? Hmm? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's full and hot. Then I, I break up the fire a bit. Oh, John, John, you're making it awfully hard for me to say what I want to say. Well, which is what, Michael? Which is what? That if Kathy cares enough for me, she'll want to come with me. Mike, you put me in a devil of a fix. You know that. Yes, yes, I know. I also know that I love her. Oh, do you, Mike? Do you? I thought you were going to bed. Kathy, in your bed slippers. Shame on you, girl. Go to bed. I will not. Besides, I get cold up there. Well, that's easily fixed. It'll save your uncle from carrying your bath up the stairs. No, 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 Mike. Put her down. You bet I will. Oh, it's too hot. My feet. It's good for you. Uncle John, make him stop. Mike, I think this has gone too far. It has indeed. And now's the time to get it settled. If someone would kindly let me... You be quiet. John, I'm asking your permission to speak to Kathy. Well, me boy, as I said to you before... I love her. I want her to be my wife. Do you, Mike? Do you? I'm speaking to your uncle. Well, John... Well, now, there's no man I'd rather see or have than you, Mike, but I... Well, it seems to me that someone else's permission comes first. Have I nothing to say about this? Kathy, your uncle is too good a friend of mine for... Well, what about me? I hope you think as much of me as you do of my uncle. Well, of course I do. Well, then, just you... God bless you. Thank you. If you love me, you just tell me. I'm the one to say it to. Kathy, I love you. I always have, and I think you know it. Then if you want to marry me, you just ask me. All right. Will you marry me? I'll think it over. <laughs> maybe I will, and maybe I won't. What do you mean, maybe you won't? And now, if you'll both excuse me, I'm trying to take a foot bath. When Kathy said yes to me, she also said yes to a distant land, cold and danger, to discomfort and loneliness. The day after we were married, we took the train to Edmonton. After that, we had almost 400 miles by dog team. And Kathy found that it was not just like Boston in the winter. This was a snow country, a vast, white, frightening wilderness. I have a feeling that we're the only two people in the whole world. Oh, it's a nice feeling, isn't it, Kathy? Yes. How far did we travel today? Oh, we did very well today. At least 27 miles. Only 27 miles? Mm, if we keep that up, we'll be there in two weeks. Two weeks? <gasps> What's that? Well, <laughs> that's only a wolf. Only a wolf. <laughs> Don't be so scared. You've got the dogs, the fire, and me to protect you. Yes. What more could a girl ask? We kept going each day as long as the waning light would permit. Kathy no longer calculated days and nights. Time and space became meaningless. Each day was like the last, cold and vast. But I had a surprise for Kathy. There was a prospector I knew who had a cabin just east of the well, if this ain't some surprise. And look, Ma, Sergeant Mike's gone out and got herself a wife. <laughs> That's right, Mrs. Howard. I had her imported from Boston, USA. Boston. My, my, let me look at you. My, she's pretty. Well, of course, you can't tell much if they're all bundled up like that. Oh, you just come along with me, dear. You must be worn out and half frozen. Following a dog sled's no joke for a girl from Boston. This'll be yours in Sergeant Mike's room. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Howard. It's very nice. Just got married, huh? Three weeks already. Three weeks. All right, you boys, go outside and take care of the dogs. You, uh, you have two fine boys, Mrs. Howard. Oh, try not to mind them. They ain't dumb. They're just so surprised they can't talk. You're the first woman they've ever seen outside of me. The first? Well, the first since they were old enough to remember... Well, there's water in the pitcher, and here's the towel. I'll be right back. Yes, 
sir, Sergeant Mike, she's sure a hurting pain. Everything all right, dear? All right, except the water's freezing cold. Well, that's good for your circulation. Oh, it's such a comfort to be married to a man who can explain away the cold. A man who could keep me warm would be too much... Oh. What's the matter? This towel. Am I that dirty? Oh, no, no, darling. The towel had a head start before you ever got near it. They ever wash? Well, sure they wash, but doing the laundry isn't easy up here in the wintertime. Oh, Mike, you can wash up in the kitchen. I want a little time with your wife, too. She's all yours, Mrs. Howard. Oh, I can't tell you how glad I am to have you and Sergeant Mike with us, even just for overnight. I guess it does get kind of lonesome here. Well, there's certainly enough to keep a body busy. Of course, in the summer, when Henry goes off prospecting for gold, I get a hankering for conversation, even with Henry. Has he ever found any gold? No, but he was mighty close nine years ago, and again four years ago we thought we'd hit it. Oh, we will someday. Oh, I hope so. And when we do, we'll go to Edmonton and we'll buy so many... My, what a lovely dress. Thank you. Oh, it's... it's just beautiful. Would you like to wear it? Oh, I... Oh, no, Mrs. Mike. But thank you. You wear it. Let's both get dressed up tonight. I'll wear my best, too. We'll make it a real party. Why, yes, Mrs. Howard, if you'd like. I guess that's what it was for Howard's, a real party. Even Mr. Howard got all dressed up. No tie, of course, but he did put on a collar. And the boys combed their hair and sat at the table just staring at Kathy. Now for dessert, we got tea and prunes. Only up here, we call them lumberjack strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> Why, I just love prunes. I was hoping we'd have a real dessert. Maybe candy. Now, you know the candy's all gone, Henry. You know, I get the most terrible craving for candy. Like some men have for liquor, only with me it's candy. I tell you, it's terrible. I can tell you how terrible it is, Kathy. My china plates went long ago, and the first chance I had to buy a new set, he took the money and spent it on candy. Imagine that, a grown man squandering money on candy. Well, it's the most terrible craving I got. It's just terrible. But I saved one china cup. One cup that didn't get broken all these years. Here. It's for you, dear. To celebrate this wonderful night. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Howard, but... Well, now, I didn't know you had one of them left. I keep it here. That's why I still got it. Otherwise... Kathy. I broke it. I broke your cup. But it doesn't matter. It, it's just an old Oh, cup. no, no. I, I broke it. It sure busted, all right. But we never use the cup. We, we won't miss it. Why, we're so used to tin cups. Oh, I'm so we're terribly, terribly sorry. But you mustn't be. Why, when Henry strikes gold, we'll have all the cups we want. <laughs> Excuse me, please. I just Late that night, I heard Kathy sobbing quietly to herself. <laughs> Kathy, Kathy, what is it, darling? Oh, my... That cup. That poor woman. She knows you'll never strike gold. Her whole life is so... Is that what this country does to a woman? No, darling. Oh, don't let it happen to me. It won't, Kathy. It can't. The only thing this country can do to us is... Bring us closer together. I know. It's only a war. <laughs> then why did you put your arms around me? You see, the country's bringing us closer together already. 
Our destination was a tiny pinpoint in the Northwest Territory called Hendricks Hope. Just a cluster of cabins, a trading post run by Jim Henderson, and a handful of people, Indians mostly. But this was our first home, and Kathy was determined to make the best of it. It is nice, and this cabin's all ours, isn't it? Oh, it's a little bare at the moment, but with your talents for housekeeping, it'll look like a palace. Mike, this is for you. Mm. Uncle John told me to give it to you as soon as we reached our new home. Well, now, good Irish whiskey. Mm. To Mike, to fortify him for a long life with Kathy. Are you a drinking man, Mike? Mm, well, not noticeably, but it'll come in handy for medicinal purposes. Oh, Mike, we're going to be very happy. I love you, Kathy. Try to remember that, no matter what. <gasps> oh! Huh? It's all right. It's all right, dear. It's just an Indian. Uh, well? Me, I don't know. It's all right, Kathy. It's all right. Stop shaking. Uh, sit down, uh, Atno, and open your mouth. No, no, no. Oh, that tooth is really bad. It'll have to come out. You mean there's a dentist here? Why, yes. He just arrived. Dr. Flanagan of the Mounted Police. You? All I have to do now is find my medical kit. Does it hurt very much, Mr. Atanu? Mm. Oh. oh, it does, doesn't it? Maybe this will help. Don't be frightened. This is merely good Irish whiskey. Now take a big drink. Kathy, you will have to help me. Just a minute, Mr. Avenue. But I don't know anything about pulling a tooth. Well, now's a good time to learn. Get Uncle John's whiskey. It'll do to sterilize the forceps. It's over there on the table. I... Well, what happened to it? Who's been drinking it? Oh, I didn't drink it, Mike. He did. He did? Well, he was in such pain, I thought... Do you realize what you've done? You can get six months in jail for giving liquor to an Indian. Well, I only thought Oh, never mind, never mind. It's too late now. I'll get around to you later. Now, all right, Avenue. Get ready. Mike... I think I'll start unpacking. You'll I... stand right here and read this medical book to me. Come on, Avenue. Open up. Mm-hmm. He won't open his mouth. Then hold his nose. Mike, but... but... Hold his nose and he'll have to open his mouth. <sighs> now, you see? All right. Now start reading. Carefully insert forceps into the mouth. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're in. What's next? And place the left knee between the patient's legs. Oh, I'm sure that isn't necessary. You better do what the book says, Mike. Uh, read that again. And place the left knee between the patient's legs. But, Kathy, I can't from here. That's impossible. But it's right here in black and white and... Oh. Well? I skipped a page. <laughs> the knee is for artificial respiration. Here. Secure the tooth with the beak of the force. I had to work slowly, and every time I turned my back, Kathy poured another slug of Irish whiskey into Atno. By the time the tooth came out, our patient was enjoying himself immensely. <laughs> Very good medicine. <laughs> Pull more tooth. Uncle John should see what's happened to my wedding present. Now, all right. All right, Abner. Here's your tooth. Ah, uh, tooth of wisdom for score. What? Tooth's fine love charm for score. Keep love always. Take. Better take it, dear. You may hurt his feelings. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mike, I, I think I'm going to... Pretty score. Thank you, Atnu. But plenty weak. And you're plenty drunk. I'm locking you up in the cell to sleep it off. Me good, India. Yeah, yeah. March, march. <laughs> Kathy kept a word and did make a real home for us. As the months went by, she became an expert cook. And while she never did learn how to make a good cup of coffee, I discovered I was really quite fond of tea. 
At least half my time was spent far from home, out on patrol, but Kathy never complained. I came home that day from patrol. I'd been a hundred miles or so to the east, and there I'd picked up some unpleasant news from an Indian trapper. Smallpox. If they're a hundred miles away from here... I uh, can't take any chances, Kathy. I, I'll still have to vaccinate our Indians. And just what does that mean? Oh, sending Atnu to Chief I and I. He'll have to talk it over for a few days, and then, likely as not, he'll bring the chief in to talk to me. All right, Mike. I'll get the medical book, How to Vaccinate an Indian, in ten easy lessons. Come in, come in, come in, Chief. When can we start the vaccinations? I not want medicine. White man medicine more worse than white man sickness. Oh, but this is smallpox. It kills. White man medicine full of evil spirit. I'll vaccinate Atnu just to show you how harmless it is. No, no vaccinate. Am I going to have trouble with you two? Look, tell the chief. Tell him he doesn't have the courage of a squaw. Yeah, tell him that. Oh, no, oh, no, By the way, Kathy, when were you vaccinated last? Well, I was vaccinated years ago. Then get ready for white man's medicine. Mike, do I have to? If the chief sees that you're not afraid. All right. Anything to get rid of you. Now, now, chief, just a little scratch from small needle. Now? Yes, and if it hurts, please remember this is no time to yell. You see, chief? Nothing to it. Is that all, sergeant? That's all. All right, Atten, roll up your sleeve. I know see good. You do score again. <laughs> then I make up mine. Well, what's another vaccination, more or less? Ready, Kathy? Careful, will you? That last one hurt. Now, now, get ready, Atnu, and watch me this time. Ah, there you are. Step aside, Mrs. Flanagan. Next patient, please. Me no afraid. Me strong Indian. Me go first. Me chief of tribe. Well, let's more like it. Kaniwa, kaya, oko. What's he saying, Atnu? Chief, I and I say, before you scratch arm... I know, I know. Watch squaw again. Ah, mm-hmm. watch squaw. Yeah. <sighs> What's the population of these Indians? Oh, a couple of hundred. You know, if your arm holds out, we won't have a bit of trouble with the whole tribe. All the way from Boston to become a pincushion. Well, that's that, Kathy. On Monday, we can go out and vaccinate the whole tribe. You're becoming quite a medicine man, aren't you? Mm-hmm. I've treated frostbite, pulled teeth, given vaccination. I set broken bones, and once I even delivered a baby. Then you'll be able to deliver ours. He must be over two years old by now. Oh, he was a... What did you say? You mean about our baby? Kathy. Won't Uncle John be surprised to see it? Uncle John? Well, we'll go to Calgary. Oh, would Edmonton be better? Darling, you'll have the baby right here. Here? But, Mike, we're so far away from everything and everybody. Kathy, the women up here, Mrs. Henderson and the others, they know more about babies than anybody, even more than I do. But having a baby out here in the wilderness... Wilderness? Oh, darling, there's no place in the world a baby would rather be born. You've never seen this country in the summertime. It's beautiful and it's green. You'll love it. And our son will love it, too. He can fish and hunt. What makes you so sure it's going to be a he? A baby girl wouldn't dare be born to the Flanagans. Oh, there's a wonderful summer ahead of us, darling, a wonderful summer. I counted on time to build up Kathy's confidence in the country. But as the seasons changed, she developed an increasing anxiety about Mrs. Henderson, who would have her baby a couple of months sooner than Kathy. Oh, Mike, just look at the valley. It's greener and more beautiful than I ever dreamed it could be. And the river, oh, it's, it's like music. Well, I promised a beautiful summer for you. I've tried not to worry, Mike. But I can't help it. Dear, you haven't seen Mrs. Henderson worrying, have you? No. You've been forgetting something, Kathy. Women have been having babies for years and years. Long before there was such a place as Hendricks Hope, even before Boston. I guess you're right. Oh, you're always right. Sure. I was always right. 
Mrs. Henderson's baby was born the following week. It was born dead. We've got to get out of here, Mike. We've got to get out. I won't have my baby in this place. Kathy, I'm awfully sorry about Mrs. Henderson's baby, but nothing's going to happen. If you love me, you'll get me out of here. You'll take me to Calgary. But I, I can't, Kathy. You mean you won't. No, dear, I can't. An overland trip to Calgary is impossible this time of year. You'd have to walk a lot of the way. Then take me someplace, any place. Don't you understand, dear? I'd have to apply for a transfer. That'd take a month. A long trip at such a late date is much more of a risk for you than having the baby here. Mike, if I have to crawl out of Hendrick's Hope on my hands and knees, I won't have my baby here. All right, Kathy. It's all right, dear. I'll apply for transfer. When my transfer finally came through, it was already dangerously close to Kathy's time. We were going to Fort Manette by canoe. It was a large settlement, and they had a doctor. But it was a long trip from Hendrickson. Mike. Mike. What is it, dear? I thought you were asleep. Oh, Mike, I'm scared. Well, darling, we're only a couple of days away now. We'll never make it. We'll make it, Kathy. I don't want to have my baby out here in the wilderness. Kathy, if you feel up to it, we can leave now, travel all night. Oh, anything, Mike, anything, just to get out of here. By daylight, Kathy was half out of her mind. I remembered a cabin somewhere along the river. I decided to leave Kathy with whoever lived there and go on alone. I knew I could get to the doctor, get the doctor to her more quickly than I could get Kathy to the doctor. I found the cabin. A woman was there, alone. I'm Mrs. Mathers. What do you want? What's wrong? My, uh, my wife's going to have a baby. I'd, I'd like to leave her here while I go on to Fort Manette for the doctor. Doctor? For that? She can stay. Thank you. Thank you. Kathy, listen. You'll be all right, dearie. I'll reach Fort Manette tonight and be back in the morning. Oh, hurry, Mike. Please. I will. I will, dear, as fast as I can. Thanks, Mrs. Mathers. If he don't get back in time, it won't be the first baby I've delivered. I don't mean to be any trouble to you, I'm... I'm just so frightened. Getting frightened don't help. If you're going to lose the baby, you'll lose the baby. I don't want to lose my baby. Nobody does. If it's a strong baby, it'll live. If it's weak, it'll die. They say I'm crazy, that I do strange things. But I know, I know it's better that way. A weak baby, you cuddle it along for a while. Maybe keep it alive. First thing that comes along, it's gone. A piece of your heart's gone with it. You'd have been better off if the baby came dead. No, no. Please leave me alone. Please. I'm only trying to help you. Please leave me alone. Leave me alone. Mike. Mike. Oh, Mike. Might as well stop that carrying on. You'll wear yourself out. Mike. Is he back? He won't be back in time. How long has he been gone? All night, half the day. <laughs> now with this storm... He'll be here soon. He must. Looks like I gotta help you after all. No, please. No. Get away from me. Please. Well, you want me to or not, I'm going to help. There was no doctor at Fort Mandette. He was miles away on another case. But I didn't return alone. I brought a woman with me from the village, Sarah Carpenter. Mike. Oh, my. my. It's all right, darling. I'm here. The baby. 
Baby. Oh, you have a fine, beautiful daughter, Mrs. Mike. Extra special, perfect. Oh. Kathy, dear, this is wonderful, Sarah. You're very lucky to have baby so easy. Easy? That woman, Mrs. Mathers. Darling, I... Oh, I... poor woman. Her mind, Mrs. Mike. Too much. She has lived alone here. I'll be grateful to you, Sarah, as long as I live. Oh, you could have baby alone. No help at all. I'm certainly glad I didn't. <laughs> Me. I'm glad, too. Now I can think she's little bit mine. There's not very much baby to share. You are. Oh, well, Sergeant, when you have third or fourth baby, you know how to hold one, huh? Third or fourth? Sure, you're going to have a dozen babies, no, Mrs. Mike? If you'll be with me each time. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. A few days later, Kathy, the baby, and I resumed the journey to Fort Burnett. Oh, Mother. Do you suppose all mothers feel this way about it? What way about what? The baby. I just think she's so beautiful. Sure she is. She's the image of you. Oh, no. She looks like you. Look at her. Her eyes are so blue you could swim in them. <laughs> you think you could turn around without tipping this canoe? Oh, I'm quite comfortable. And besides, I don't mind looking at you. Hmm. Well, when you get tired looking at me, Fort Manette is right behind you. Fort Manette? Yes, darling. Oh, I hope you'll like it here. Fort Manette. I, I have a feeling we'll be here for a long, long time. And you're happy about it? Oh, I am, my very happy about it. The people of Fort Mendette must have spent days preparing things for us. The walls of our cabin were scrubbed, fresh curtains on the windows, everything shiny. But nothing shone quite as brightly as Kathy's eyes. Oh, my... You thank them. I just don't know what to say. Nobody say anything except us, your new friends. And we say to you, welcome. Oh, Sarah, it's so good to be with you again. And now, who you have not met, uh, Dr. McIntosh? I'm here now, Mrs. Flanagan. I'm sorry I couldn't have been with you when you needed me. Didn't miss you at all, Mac. We had a better doctor. Oh, Sarah knows her job all right. Have you named this little beauty yet? Her name is Mary Arun. Marie. Marie Arun. And now this is Georgette Beauclair and Louis, who is her husband. Hello. And those two beautiful twins you saw out there at the landing. Yes, Mrs. Mike, my daughters, Madeleine and Babette. Oh, now may I please see your baby. Ah, oh, la petite, oh, so pretty. You get cold, Mrs. Mike, you look out back. I show plenty of wood back there. You see, we want you to be happy here. Kathy, Kathy, look. Hello, Mrs. Mike, this is for the baby. Mike, a cradle. This is Pierre, my son, he make that. But who painted the pictures, the little animals and the flowers? Pierre, my son, he do many things. You would see. Pierre, thank you for the cradle. It's very beautiful. I'm glad you like it, Mrs. Mike. I'm glad you've come to live with us. Come in. Bonsoir. Hello, Georgette. We go pick berries this afternoon. Madeleine and Babette, they say, bring some to Mrs. Mike. So I did. Oh, how nice. Thank you. Well, I should get at least one pie out of this. Oh, the baby. Oh, what a little angel. So like my Suzanne. Suzanne? You have another daughter, Georgette? Oh, we. A baby like this. Oh, it was a long time ago, Mrs. Mike. She was my first family. Your first family? Oh, you are young, Mrs. Mike. Women up here, we speak of first family, second family, third family. Suzanne, Renée, the, 
When you lose a family, you start again. Like Pierre. He is Sarah's second family. Uh, Georgette, how's Louis? Busy as ever? Oh, Louis? <laughs> I say, don't work so hard. It's like telling River to stop running. Saint Jean-Marc! Saint Jean-Marc! Sarah, come in. Pierre, has anyone seen him? Pierre? I saw him this morning, Sarah. Why? He not come home all afternoon. He never forget to come home for supper. Did he say he was going anyplace? He said maybe he go fishing today at Crater's Point. So far away. Saint Jean-Marc, it's getting dark. I'm afraid. Just a little while ago, a month maybe, an Indian boy was torn to pieces by a bear not one mile from here. Georgette, get Louis and a couple of other men. Tell them to meet me at the post right away. Louis, right away. I'll be back as soon as I can, Kathy. They'll find him, Sarah. Mike will find him. Yes, they find him, I think. I'm sure you have no reason to worry. Never is reason to worry. But sometimes it's reason to wonder. To wonder? I think they find Pierre. But I wonder, do they find him in time? Hours later, I brought her son back to Sarah. Pierre was alive, but that's about all. Somehow a rock had slipped, a boulder. He'd been penned under it, and his arm, his right arm. Come in, Georgette. Hi, I saw the light, Mrs. Mike. Is there any news? The doctor says he's going to live. Mike's still over there. Live? With only one arm. Ah, but he will live. Is that the only thing that's important, that he'll live? It is not the only thing that is important, but the most important thing. I can't accept things the way you do. Lose a child, have another. Life means nothing up here. You are wrong, Mrs. Mike. It is that life means everything. Pierre loses an arm. It is great tragedy. But he is still alive. Be grateful you're able to breathe. Is that what you're saying? Oh, this country. You just begin to trust Every me. country has its hazards. Life is not easy, but one must try to make his life so it is worth the struggle. So it is... Oh, Sergeant. Pierre will be all right. <laughs> Kathy. I just can't help it, Mike. To feel another's pain. It is good fault, Sergeant Mike. But will she learn, Georgia? She will learn. Good night. Good night. And in the months that followed, Kathy did learn to adjust to the North Country. Now, for the first time, I felt she fully accepted her life up here without reservation. And time went on. And suddenly, before I knew it, Mary Aroon was two years old and Fort Finette already 25. To celebrate the anniversary, I was going to make a speech. I'm sorry, darling. What were you saying? Well, can't you stop fixing supper long enough for me to rehearse my speech? Only if you want to make it on an empty stomach. Go on, dear. I'm listening. Oh, thank you, thank you. <clears throat> uh, ladies and gentlemen, here at Fort Manette, we are uh, uh, struggling not against other men, but with other men. Not to control men, but to help control nature. We are struggling... Oh, well, I know someone who will stay in one place and listen to every word. You said it, honey. She should be ashamed of herself. Now, uh, where was I? Oh, yes, yes, thanks, thanks. This, uh, this spirit enables us to endure the many hardships that so often come our way. And as I stand before this audience and look out among your wonderful faces... And now, ladies and gentlemen, representing our government and Royal Canadian Northwest Mounted Police, Sergeant Michael Flanagan. This, this is not the speech I'd planned to make. I wish I didn't have to make this one. I arrived here late because Dr. McIntosh sent for me. We have just discovered a case of diphtheria here in Fort Manette. We've all been in close contact, and the danger of the disease spreading is great. You will return to your homes immediately and have as little contact with your neighbor as possible. 
Now, let's file out of here quickly and in an orderly manner. Mary Arun. Oh, Mike. You think she'll be all right? She'll be fine. Let's not wake her. Diphtheria. What's going to happen? We'll know in a few days if this is just an isolated case or if we're really in trouble. Meanwhile, there are precautions. Lock the door. Don't let anyone in. No one. You can talk to people through the window. The main thing is to make no direct contact. You're not going out. Oh, Dr. McIntosh, you'll need my help. But, Mike, you'll be exposing yourself. You can leave my things on the front porch. I'll stay at the post till this blows over. But the baby and I, we'll be here alone. It's the safest way, Kathy. Post is only a few yards off. Mike, what if, what if I need you? If you what... need me, hang something white on the porch. I'll keep a close watch. Be careful, Mike. Oh, please be careful. Within a week, an epidemic was raging. The old mission school was converted into a hospital, and the doctor's small supply of serum became precious. I sent the fastest man I could find for an additional supply, but meanwhile, the white sheet became a common signal and death a familiar visitor. Kathy remained in the cabin with Mary O'Roon, but she was kept busy preparing broth for the patients of the mission. The broth is ready, Mike. Stay there. I'll bring it out on the porch. Kathy, Kathy! Mary O'Roon! No, no! Stay in the house, darling. Go back, sweetheart. Go back. That's a good girl. Here it is, Mike. Oh, darling, you look so tired. I haven't had time for very much sleep. It's no better, is it, Mike? Four new cases today in the hill. And still no more serum? Not yet. Kathy, Georges at Beauclair, she's got it, too. Georgette. Oh, we're trapped, Mike. We're trapped in here in this terrible thing closing in on us. The serum should arrive any time now. As soon as it does, we'll get things under control. Kiss the baby for me. Yes, Mike. Yes. Tell George that... Oh, Mike. Here's the bra, Sarah. Where's the doctor? There, with Georgette. Doctor, what about serum for Georgette? There is not enough left. From now on, the serum is only for children. Stay with her, Mike. Swab her throat with tannic acid and hope it'll do her some good. Georgette died late that afternoon. She might have had a chance if the serum had come. Mike, you'd better get some sleep. Oh, I'm all right, Doc. Oh, you cannot go without sleep forever. Sarah and I have been taking turns. How much serum left? None. It's all gone. From now on, every hour can mean another life. It'll get here, Doc. Maybe tonight, maybe by morning. Meantime, I'm telling you to get back to the post and get some sleep. In front of the post, I turned and looked at our cabin. Hanging from the porch was a white sheet. I rushed back to the mission for Doc McIntosh. He was with us until long after midnight. <laughs> Mary Arun. My baby. My baby. We did my what we baby. could, Kathy. We did what we could. Oh, Mike, Mike, I'm so sorry. I know, Doc. Go back to the hospital. Sergeant Mike. Don't come in here. It's me, but me. I got the serum, Mike. It's here. The serum? You better come to the mission right away. It's all right, Mike. I'll have help, Sarah and the others. No, let him go. Go on to the mission, Mike. There's nothing you can do here anymore. My baby's dead. The epidemic stopped just as suddenly as it had started. Three days later, I moved my things back into the cabin. Thankful, Mike? Is that what you said? Be thankful it's over. It could have wiped us all out. Yes, it's over. A little cross on the side of the hill. Mary Arun Flanagan, beloved daughter. Two years old. Don't torture yourself, darling. Life keeps going on. What kind of a life? A life that makes Mrs. Howard old before her time? That drives Mrs. Mathers crazy? 
A life that takes the arm of a young boy, that kills two dozen people because we're too far away to get serum in time? We've had our share of happiness. A life that snatches an innocent baby into a grave? If that's the kind of life that goes on, I don't want it. Please, Kathy, please. Oh, Mike, let's get out of here. Let's leave this awful country. Let's, let's go anywhere. Anywhere. Running away won't solve anything, Kathy. Besides, I can't leave. I, I have responsibilities here. Yes, toward everyone but your own family. That's not true. Mike, I'm leaving. I'm going where human beings have a decent chance. And if you won't come with me, I'm going alone. Darling, darling, you're not yourself. I can't leave here now. I don't want you to leave either. We've had happiness here. We've had sorrow, too. I've made up my mind, Mike. I'm leaving. There was nothing for me to do but arrange for someone to take her south to Hendricks Hope. There, Jim Henderson would get her on the river. Everything is ready, Mrs. Mack. If you get into the canoe... Thanks, Louie. This is where you all came to meet me, and, and now we're saying goodbye. Goodbye, Mrs. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Pierre. I'll write to you. I will. Pierre, you feel the same way like his mama? But I know run away. Sarah, wonderful Sarah. Kathy, as you well know, I'm, I'm not a man given to sentiment, but I want to say... I'm afraid I've forgotten what I wanted to say. God bless you, Kathy. Goodbye, Dr. McIntosh. Mike. Goodbye, darling. Try not to hate me, Mike. I love you, Kathy. If your world seems to have turned upside down, there's one thing you can count on. I'll always love you. I couldn't stay in the cabin. It was too large, or perhaps it was too small, too crowded with memories. At any rate, I moved into the post. But I was not to remain there for long. They sent another Monty to take over at Fort Manette, and I was transferred. It's a good post, Sergeant. I'm sure I'll like it here. Well, it makes it fine all around, Corporal, because I, uh, I'm rather glad to be leaving. Your new post will look mighty small after this. Hendricks Hope? Oh, I've been stationed there before. Yes, I know. The folks back there were all excited about you coming back. Good luck, Sergeant. And so I went down the river, and with each stroke of the paddle, I tried to push all thoughts of Kathy behind me. But every mile of the long trip south brought me closer to the place where Kathy and I had begun life together. Thoughts ever clung to me, surrounded me, followed me. And then I was there, and Jim Henderson was pumping my hand. Mike! Mike Flanagan. <laughs> How's your missus, Jim and Tommy? Oh, fine, fine. Tommy's a big boy now. Hello, Sarge Mike. Hello, Mrs. Henderson. Well, and who's that? That's our new baby girl. Oh, congratulations. How old is she? Six and a half months now. And her name is Kathy. You see? Oh, she's she's lovely, Mrs. Henderson. I, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm a little tired, Jim. I, I'll run along now and see you folks later. Same cabin as before, Mike. Thanks, Jim. Much obliged. I knew that they'd have everything ready for me, but as I opened the cabin door, the smell of coffee almost knocked me down. They must have timed my arrival almost to the... Of my coffee Kathy, Kathy. Oh, Mike. I've done so much running away. When Mrs. Henderson lost her baby, I made us leave here. That's all past, darling. But when I got here and I, and I saw her new baby, such a healthy, beautiful baby, and then I found out that you were being sent here and... Suddenly I knew you were right. That no matter what, life does go on. Kathy. Oh, Mike, wherever you are, my life is with you.
sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.